That radio chick Cheryl Lee here with you. Welcome to the Still Rocking It podcast where we'll have news, music, reviews and interviews with some of our favourite Australian musicians and artists. Today we are a fly on the wall during the filming of an interview I held recently with legendary Australian guitarist Rock and Rob Riley for the telly. A self-confessed, tricky, tragic, rock and Rob has led a truly rock and roll life and at the age of 70 still loves guitars, amps, playing music, motorbikes, restoring cars and trucks and partner Robin. From winning Hoadley's Battle of the Bands in the early 70s, a 93-date tour supporting Sherbet, 30 turbulent years with Rose Tattoo, playing the Working Class Man Tour with Jimmy Barnes, and touring with the Party Boys with Richard Clapton and Shirley Strawn, Rob also played with Kevin Borich, Matt Finnish and Dallymore, certainly earning the legend status. What's Mr Robin Riley been up to lately? Let's find out. You're with Cheryl Lee, that radio chick here for Mega Music TV in the immense man cave that uh, belongs to Rock and Rock Riley, which includes his studio where he makes music and rehearses, and the garage, the workshop where he restores his cars. Thank you so much, Rob, for having us here today. No, 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 no. I know you're a Trekkie from way back, and that's from Mork and Mindy, isn't that's it? That's correct. That's correct. <laughs> Thank you so much for inviting us here. You're originally a Victorian, but we won't hold that against you. Born in the mountains with two brothers. Two brothers. Yeah, and yes. are they musical too, Rob? Yes, they are. They are musical. My youngest brother's a bass player. He lives in Launceston. And um, he's doing quite well for himself. He's a part-time chippy and part-time muso. And uh, my other brother has uh, mostly retired. And uh, I have been trying to get them together as they're both musically, they're very, very good. And, um, but uh, you've got to get some people to pull their heads out of their asses sometimes. And it just gets very difficult. Family? Uh, just uh, anyone, anyone. Anyone. So is that a scoop? You heard it first here that the Riley brothers might be getting together. That's that's a scoop. Stay tuned. That's that's if we can get it going. You know. Hmm. You guys <laughs> are obviously from a pretty musical family, and you knew pretty early on that music was in your DNA. Tell us about Lionel Rose, how he influenced you and got you into music at the age of seven. Seven. Yeah, seven. I think that was. I think it was seven because he was fighting uh, for the bantamweight world championship. And I remember my father taught me how to build uh, crystal sets, like a little radio. And I was just a kid, and I was loving the electronic side of things. And uh, so we listened to the fight, and he won the championship. And to cut forward really quickly, he was a country and western lover, and um, he was my hero, and uh, still is to this very day. He's fantastic, and he. Just, he had this single there called Let Me Thank You, uh, and uh, it, it, it just absolutely killed me. That's when the bug bit. So that set you off on your trajectory? That that absolutely did. His backing band was called the Hawking Brothers Country Five, and had a, a pedal steel player by the name of George Zanfos, who I met, who used to travel over here a lot uh, some, some years back. But uh, yeah, that was certainly what put me on the... Uh... You're another heavy rock and roller who is actually a closet country music fan. 
No, I am a real country <laughs> fan. You I'm, don't no, even hide I'm, it. No, I'm no I'm no closet anything. <laughs> it's all here for any arsehole to see. <laughs> oh, good on you. You know who else loves country music? Dave Gleason. Yeah. Yeah, he loves it too. I think he picked it up off me one time. I think he, he did. He got crook. <laughs> he really suffered after that, but then he came good and all of a sudden he just loved his country music. <laughs> it happens to everybody that it's a beautiful thing. Country music's the best thing in the world. I've got a soft spot for it too. You are listening to Still Rocking It, the podcast with Cheryl Lee. Without any further ado, I think we should hear that Lionel Rose song now, I Thank You. We'll be back shortly to be a fly on the wall at the interview with Rock and Rob Riley for Mega Music. When a boy becomes a man, he must do the best he can. About three years of formal training. Yes, I was was taught formally for three years, two years actually. His name was Alan Preble, and uh, I was about about seven, about just coming eight. Uh, I learned till I was about ten. He had me at a point where he said, well, I can't teach you anything now. He said, you're just going to have to make sense of it yourself. That's what we all have to do. You know, the knowledge has been given, so uh, just work on it and we'll see how we go with your problem. And the problem just became this. So, uh, you know. So David Wicks and Paul Hitchens, you meet them. Is that how you formed your first band? I was going to school with Dave Wicks, tech school, and uh, I was knocking around with Paul Hitchens because we used to ride motorbikes and, and we used to go down to Dave Wicks's joint because he lived on a uh, market garden uh, down in uh, Buddy Heatherton uh, at the time and uh, we used to go down there fanging around on the motorbikes and you know he'd drive cars and motorbikes. Dave said uh, I remember being at school one day and he said uh, I've got a guitar at home, an electric guitar because I didn't have an electric guitar in those days and he said I've got a guitar and an amp and then uh, he said I've got a bass too so anyway we, went, we were all hanging around we all just started playing together and Paul sitting on the table whacking away I said well it's time for you to buy a drum kit so uh, anyway, he went and learned to play drums and uh, bam, and we, that was it, our first little band. So we've a, got you to thank for Paul Hitchens, who ended up drumming for the sports. I don't know whether he's got me to thank for that. <laughs> That's a choice he made, I think. <laughs> but uh, but uh, the sports did really, really well for themselves in the old days, and, um, and they, they were a big act. And, uh, and just Paul live, now lives in uh, Western Australia. Uh, in Perth, you know, he, he still plays a bit over there, I think. But uh, we're all getting pretty old now. So. <laughs> Hence the legend series. <laughs> I have been called a veteran musician. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I like legend better. <laughs> it's, it's a nicer thing, isn't yeah. it? But so, anyway. did you guys form Lois Lane? No, no, no. That came later in uh, my life. That was uh, that was uh, something I did. Oh, 17, 18 sort of thing. And that was uh, with Greg Grunter Gorn on vocals, Greg Thomas keyboards, Neville Oreska uh, on bass, and uh, Dan, uh, we call him Dan Solo, Solovier. Dan Solo on drums, and it was a cracking band, and uh, we won the Hoadley Battles of the band. That's right. Uh, in uh, 1974 ish? Well, yeah, a bit earlier, I think. Yeah. Something like early that. Early 70s? Yeah, very early 70s. Well done, congratulations. And uh, yeah, and, uh, and that was uh, what sort of like led to being introduced to John Dalamore. And from that point, uh, he was playing in a band called Red House, and 
Their other guitar player, Gary, jeez, uh, I haven't thought about these people, Gary Quince, uh, was the other guitar player, but he wanted to get out because he wanted to play more guitar solos. <laughs> so, uh, and I'm thinking to myself, jeez, well, you can't play more guitar solos than the great John Dallimore. I mean, like, uh, he's the guy. He's the number one. Band's yeah. named after him, after all. Well, that was the second, that's the second point of contention is. Anyway, um, they came and saw me playing in Lois Lane, and, J- and JD really loved what I was doing at the time, and so he asked me to come and join his band already. Red House, and so I joined a Geelong band called Red House, and I did uh, a 93 day Sherbet yeah. tour, photo play tour, that was when they had How's That, and that was huge, that was huge. 93 days, every day, in a bus with Sherbet and us, it was fantastic. Can I you was, remember any of it? No, I was pissed. <laughs> I was pissed from one end of it to the other. I was 19 years old. It was just ridiculous, you know, but it was fantastic. I I have some great great memories of it, but uh, it was amazing. Absolutely amazing. Still rocking that podcast with that radio chick, Cheryl Lee. I think we'll hear from Sherbert, a track from that tour. How's that? We'll be back to speak some more with Rock and Rob Riley shortly and find out which Aussie rock legend thought Rob was too old at 29. But uh, then I I got itchy and uh, I had to uh, I had to leave and then uh, anyway I think about six or eight months later JD got a, uh, a record contract with Alberts in Sydney as uh, Dallymore as Dallymore right and this is where the Dallymore thing came and that's where Rick Crothall came in and I bought my drummer John Layler in we were a cracking band absolute cracking band and then our greatest problem was um, we recorded an album three times with Ian Miller uh, as producer. And Mark Opitz uh, on the board. And uh, after three times of trying to get that album past George and Harry, uh, it just never got out. And there's some killer, absolutely killer, killer, killer stuff. And it was just, it was doing me in and I was, I was too drunk in that days. <laughs> and anyway, I was probably being a pain in the ass. I probably was but a big, big pain in the ass. Anyway, anyway, I left and that was just one of the Didn't biggest. you want to do more guitar solos? Yes, I did. <laughs> I wouldn't have minded doing a couple, but I mean, like, that was a point at the time, but uh, it was more, um, I, I didn't feel that it was going anywhere because we couldn't get past George and Aaron. Yeah. So I had to go, and Jesus, that was that was hard life after that. But anyway, that's uh, that leads into other adventures. Well, that's right. It's all meant to be because wasn't it soon after that that Mick Cox was a bit unreliable in Rose Tattoo and, and yeah. along comes Rock and Rob Riley? Well... Right, Mick was playing up. He'd always been a, a, a drug addict and a, a shocker of a drunk, and uh, he was a terrible guitar player, in my opinion. And um, I hated Rose Tattoo. I thought they were rubbish, absolute rubbish, because they used to support Red House at the Croxton Park Hotel every, every uh, fourth Wednesday that we would play there every second Wednesday. So I saw them, and I went, that is an absolute bag of shit but you know I didn't get all that crap so anyway they, they had a big single I'm, I'm trying to step through this really quickly but they had a big single called Rock and, rock and Roll uh, Outlaw and it went off in England yeah. in London and they were like number nine or something number eight on the charts and uh, they were just packing them out wherever they go and this is where Mick became a very naughty boy and um, 
a legend has it that he was with Bon Scott the night that he died. But anyway, uh, he was playing up so badly that they had the sacking. Yeah. And uh, that's when Dallas Royal, the drummer, rang me up. He'd ring me up every couple of weeks and he'd say, man, you've got to come over and join the band. I said, Digger, I hate the band. You know, I love you and I love Jordo, <laughs> but I just hate the band. And I love Pete, you know, but I'm... Uh, but anyway, like anyway, eventually I ended up going to, to London, my very first overseas yeah. jaunt, and um, that was the scariest thing I ever did. And uh, anyway, I got over there, and uh, I had two days to, to learn a whole set of their stuff uh, to play my very first gig with Rose Tattoo with the... Uh, at the Soho Club, what was, what it was called? Very famous club, I can't remember. I've got a memory like a sieve, you know. But anyway, we went and played it, and it just I didn't even know how the, the songs. I had an idea how they went, but I didn't know what they were called. The angry would say, "Fuck it, this one's called." <laughs> and, and I'd go and I'd try to Geordie. I said, "How's that one go?" You know? And he goes, "Da da 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 da." Oh, that, oh, that one, right? And then off we go. So you couldn't have done too badly. It's absolutely frightening. It was terrifying. The joints packed, and the, the line up down the street and around the block. It was incredible. Anyway, that's all history. So anyway, we went out and did uh, all this touring, and uh, it was it was great. It was great. And we went to um, America not long after that, and that was incredible. We spent three months there, and um, I don't remember much of that because I was pissed from one end of that to the other two, <laughs> as we all were. But uh, we got this close. We got this close to the big acts where the big money lived and the big success and the big everything. Missed by that much. Missed much. Oh. You are listening to Still Rocking It, the podcast with Cheryl Lee. We'll hear more about the love-hate relationship between Angry and Rob after this song. I thought it was time for a Rose Tattoo song. One of the songs the boys wrote together, in fact, the title track of Scarred for Life, here's Scarred for Life. Anyway, you know, Angry sold out to the record company and Pete, the other guitar player, by those days, him and I became great friends and uh, Pete, it was his band. So anyway, this is how it all started. So Angry sold out to the record company and Peter came down, uh, we woke up, he came, he, he says to me, because we roomed together, he said, uh, I'm leaving the band. And I said, uh, why is that? He said, Angry sold out to the record company. I said, that's a real shame. I said, if you're leaving, well, I'm leaving. If you leave me, can I come too? That's right. Yeah. There's a song in there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Quote me. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I went downstairs and I said, Dig's sitting down there with, with Geordie and I said, uh, Pete's leaving the band. And Pete explained why and, um, yeah, and I said, I'm leaving too. And, and Digger said, well, if you guys are leaving, I'm leaving. So the three of us left and George said, I'll stay. So he stayed on. Uh, and that's basically how that part of it all sort of started, you know. Mm-hmm. And that was way back then. But uh, So you had pretty much 30 years on and off with Rose Tattoo. Can I quote you? Where you on and off you told them to stick it up there. Beep. No, I didn't, I didn't tell them. <laughs> I told Angry. Angry. <laughs> You know, because yeah. he's roast tattoo. There's nobody else is roast tattoo. Yeah. It's just just angry. Well, on a positive from then, yes. you wrote "We Can't Be Beaten." Correct. With angry, great song, great Aussie anthem, and I think three other tracks too off the Scarred for Life album are yours. Yes, I, I co-wrote. Um, in other words, I'm the composer, and he's an author. Right. That's how you uh, define it. 
and, lyrics and right. story. Well, that was um, We Can't Be Beaten, uh, Scarred for Life, the title track, and uh, Branded and uh, Work Itself Out. And they were the four singles that were pulled yeah. off the Scarred for Life album. So I was enormously proud of that. Of course, and, it should um, be. Good record, that one. And um, anyway, uh, it went along and... Um, we did another album called Pain, and uh, I wrote Pain and three other songs again. That's eight, eight songs all up that I have in the uh, repertoire of Rose Tattoo, so I don't know, I'm not a very big player in it, but I mean, look, there's people that have been long there for longer, and um, I don't know where it all sort of goes to from that point, but... Um you know, they're still out working around and stuff like that. Everybody's getting older. Well, apart from those, you also have three, four fabulous original songs that haven't been released yet. Yes. And we might hmm. have a listen to one of those now, if we can. Love it. Okay. Well, let's just keep it rolling now. All righty. We'll We're back with... <coughs> yeah. Uh, yep, yep. Back with Rob Riley. Rob yep. Can you get the camera? Okay. Five, four, three... Yeah, with Cheryl Lee, that radio chick for Mega Music TV. We are back with Rock and Rob Riley. Now, where to after Rose Tattoo? The Party Boys with Richard Clapton mainly? Yes. Well, I started with uh, Richard Clapton because Harvey James from Sherbet had to go and uh, do some stuff with Sherbet. And I did about six months of touring with Richard Clapton. I remember that was the time that Ralph wanted to go out and do some stuff. And Harvey was also playing in Richard Clapton's band as well as should. Very incestuous, Rob. <laughs> yeah, Everybody's I'm... played with everybody. <laughs> Except me. <laughs> but anyway, anyway you know, they, they played with here. <laughs> they played with here. But anyway, so that's uh, when I joined the, the, the Party Boys. And when I joined, Cheryl Strawn came in. I think I was in that line-up of the Party Boys for about two, two and a half years or something. Did a lot of touring. Mm. Still rocking that podcast with that radio chick, Cheryl Lee. The line-up of the Party Boys at that time in 1984 included founding members Kevin Borich, Paul Christie and Graham Bidstrup along with former Skyhook singer Shirley Strawn and Rose Tattoo slash Jimmy Barnes guitarist Robin Riley. They released a live album, No Song Too Sacred, which included the immigrant song, a Led Zeppelin cover. Back to speak more with Rockin' Rob Riley during his mega music TV interview very shortly. And you and Cheryl, you had a really strong bond, Yeah, didn't you? we struck up a fantastic relationship and a friendship. And uh, we just, we had a lot of fun, a lot of fun. Every time he'd go out and do something, he'd drag me out, you know, like it's any interviews and stuff, because he's a, he's a mega. And uh, he was just great fun. I loved him. I loved him to death. And we used to do everything together when we were around the road, you know. He laughed his guts out at me. He thought I was a great <laughs> bunch of fun. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, that's, uh, yeah, that was that. And, you know... But then the party boys, uh, they, they carried on again with, with different members. I mean, yeah. um, Joe Walsh was the bloke that um, replaced me in the party boys, and so you can't get a better replacement than no. that. No, he had big shoes to fill. <laughs> <laughs> now, being a South Aussie girl, obviously... I'm a Victorian, I'm but a, I'm a South Australian too. Yes. I, I live in the land of the Croata. <laughs> Good on you. <laughs> I'm a Jimmy Barnes fan. Now, you uh, even toured with Jimmy's band for a while for the working class man tour? That's correct. That's absolutely correct. I was living in Perth at the time and um, 
he tracked me down and uh, said, I want you to come over and play in a band. And I didn't really know what was going on. I said, sure. He said, I'll pay you $500 a week. And he said, I'll look after you. And I said, Jim, that sounds fantastic. He said, beautiful. He said, well, your ticket's waiting at the airport for you and I'll see you in two weeks. So I went over there and had had, had a few days to, re- to learn his stuff, you know, and say, so Jesus, you know. So, and I replaced Chris Stockley from the Dingoes, who was playing in Jim's band because he wanted the guitar player that had a bit more oomph. A bit more grunt. Yes, and um, so poor old Chris got... Uh, the heave-ho? Oh, poor bugger, you know, he, he got the gratuitous uh, city at the back and chopping up at the lines, you know, and saying, look, it's like this, you know, from Popey. But uh, anyway, you know, that's, that's, that's the poor bugger. He was absolutely shocked and upset. That's rock and roll, though, isn't it? That's rock and that's roll. That's rock and roll. Can you ask that again? Still going to hear the rain. Yeah, but the rain... Is louder coming from out there. If, if, if you actually pu- push that other door too as well, just push that thing out of the, the door stop out of the way, but you're still going to hear the rain. It's like I said. Yeah, it's ambiance. We're yeah. in a man cave. We're going to hear the weather. <laughs> it's all good. So, it's, yeah. so where were we? I'm going to say to you, that's rock and roll though, isn't it, Rob? Yes. Yes. That's rock and roll. What doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you're still here. You must be a strong bugger. They say they're only the good die young, so, like, I don't know what I've done wrong. I don't know where I must have done something, something real wrong. bad. <laughs> so your tenure with Barnsley Incorporated finished oh. when you were 29 because they wanted to get a whole bunch of younger people. Too well, old at 29. That was how it happened, and um, everybody got their marching orders except for me because um, I don't know why, because, but I didn't, nothing, nobody ever said anything. I was just... Just go. And Bruce Howe, that's how I met Bruce Howe, the bloke that brought me to Adelaide. And I played in a band with him and I struck up a fantastic relationship and um, brotherhood with him. And uh, I actually came to Adelaide with Bruce because I didn't want to go back under Melbs and I didn't want to stay in Sydney. And um, and then you found a good woman. Oh, yes. Well, <laughs> not the one I'm with now. You know, but uh, I did find her eventually. But uh, yeah. behind every great guitarist is a good woman. Well, that's what they say. <laughs> that's what they. So you stay here yeah. for love. Well, only that. Only that. <laughs> well, not only that. It's very comfortable where I am. And you've got a pretty good man cave here. I reckon it's the best. Yeah, I love it. The last time I saw you live on stage was uh, during COVID, with the boys are stuck in town out at the Bridgeway. You How are? good was that? I don't know. <laughs> How good was it? Can't you remember? Yeah. I do remember, but the way I was looking at you, I'm looking, is this any good? <laughs> See, I've got no idea how good it is or how bad it is. Well, you know what? We were just so happy, as I think were you guys, to be, we were the punters, just so happy to be out being able to watch live music again. Mm. And I think you guys were just as happy to be able to be performing live again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because when this whole COVID thing started, I was over in Tasmania in Launceston visiting with my little brother and a mate of mine, Jim garlic and uh, I'll never forget it I was supposed to do two two weeks over there and going out and hanging with my little brother and stuff blah 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 and uh, they dropped the uh, the curtain on uh, the sea bomb and the big the big COVID thing and I got the last train out of Clarksville in other words the last spirit to leave Tasmania we had to get there in two or three hours and I had to get over there and then get the spirit back and this was when they were dropping Mm -mm. everything and then I got to Victoria, then I had to get down to Geelong, pick up my car, and then I put my best Peter Brock hat on, and I just did a gun run all the way home because I didn't want to get stuck. And so, like, I've, I've been in lockup ever since. Have you? I've been here ever since. Yeah. Two and a half years now. 
self-imposed. Loving it. <laughs> I bet you are. Loving it. <laughs> what better place to be in lockdown? Oh, I love it. I love it. <laughs> You've got your music, your instruments, your... Tools. Yeah, tools, your Mirror, car. Truck. What truck, more? Truck, truck. What more would you want? Nothing. You are listening to Still Rocking It, the podcast with Cheryl Lee. We'll be back to listen to the last little bit of the television interview with Rock and Rob Riley shortly. But I think let's listen to the Dallymore song, We Are The Kids. Just recently... Mm. Rose had to have lost a guitarist. I didn't know. Ah, I so didn't take any notice. We're gonna, we're, we're, so we're not going to see you out guitaring with Rose Tattoo anytime soon. Rob Spencer's left. Bob Spencer's left. Jesus Christ. There you okay. go. There's another scoop. Look, some months back, I spoke with Angry and stuff, and I was asked to join the band, and I said, I'd love to. <laughs> I would absolutely love to. But no. Stick it up your... No. <laughs> no. No, no, I said, no, I'd love to. I said, I'd love to join. I said, but I'm not going to do anything like that because I'm not going out while all this COVID's going around. I said, because number one, and the only reason is I will not get blamed for anything ever again. So in other words, if I got sick, I'd get, because the whole tour would come down. So it doesn't matter who so gets Rob sick. So Rob Riley killed Rose Tattoo. You don't want that headline. Rob Riley's done more than anybody can possibly ever do, you know. Like, I mean, some of the shit I hear about myself is unbelievable. Hey, Rob, not Superman, you know. Are you sure? I haven't seen you and Superman in the same room. Look, We look very similar. Now, you've also played with Kevin Burrich. You've also played with Matt Finnish. You truly are one of Australia's music legends, and I really appreciate you and your time today letting me, a lowly female, into your beautiful man cave and having it's a chat. lowly female? <laughs> what the Jesus Christ? The wheel goes round with women. Of course, <laughs> yeah. But Please. I think we should go and fiddle with your car now. I brought my screwdriver. That's exactly what I need. <laughs> that's perfect. I know perfect. that's not a screwdriver, though. It's a hammer. That's a left-handed hammer too. You see how it goes to one side? Right. No, left. <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> anyway, we are going to go out with one of your uh, singles. Yeah. New singles? Yeah. New? Well, nobody's ever seen it, so yeah. it's new. It's Scoop. new. It's, 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 I'll, I'll get around to releasing all this very, very, very shortly because I forgot that I didn't... <laughs> Ever Re- release it. Release it. So, yes, I, I... I'm not surprised that you forgot. You've had a bit of a rock and roll life. <laughs> it's probably that I didn't forget. It's probably just I, I don't want to do it yet because I've got to get a few other things going because I've got plenty of stuff to do, like music and stuff like that. So I've just got to put a few simple film clips together and get them up on YouTube and, you know, all that sort of stuff. I've been asking Sue to do it for, you know, decades now, but... Uh, Sue, our producer <laughs> and director. You prove my theory. Rock and roll is the fountain of youth. Would no, you it's like not. To? No, no, no. <laughs> Would you like to throw to your clip? Here it comes, music lovers. Need your love so badly. Still rocking it podcast with that radio chick, Cheryl Lee. I so hope you've enjoyed being a fly on the wall during the filming of the interview with Rock and Rob Riley. If you want to hear his previously unreleased song, I Need Your Love So Badly, you're going to have to wait until Series 3 of Mega Music comes out. In the meantime, I think we'll go out with the hit from Rose Tattoo, written by the songwriting team of Angry Anderson and Robin Riley, We Can't Be Beaten, from the Scarred for Life album.
you're with Cheryl Lee, that radio chick. Thank you so much for joining me on the Still Rocking It podcast. Hope to catch you again next time. Get out when you can, support Aussie music, and I'll see you down the front.